Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. And on your Alexa devices, tell Alexa to play 1017 The Hammer. Uh, over to our headline, we go, and uh, you see him on uh, goldenblack.com on some of the podcasts. Uh, you know him from uh, Boiler Game Day over here. And uh, if you are in Nebraska, well, he is public enemy number one. It is Kyle Charters on with us here. Happy Festivus, my friend. Uh, thank you. Airing of grievances here over the next 15 minutes. I'm excited. Yeah, I know. It'll be a feat of strength just to sit through this entire segment with you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, look, it is the end of the year here, and I kind of tried to take a minute to look back on everything that Purdue Athletics had done in the season. It's kind of hard to do because so much overlaps from, like, you know, the spring and and into the winter here. But the one consistent thing I see here, Kyle, is an upward trajectory on most of the programs here uh, at Purdue. It's almost across the board, I would say. You know, there's a couple, I think, that still kind of continue to struggle, and, you know, we'll, we'll see where they go to, but... Broadly, you have to be excited about the direction that Purdue sports started in the spring and is going to end in here in December. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think that necessarily you can count on the Purdue men's basketball team being in the top five every year now from now on, but but certainly the program seems to be headed in the right direction. It's got a good team now. It's had a good team for uh, the last number of years and has some good recruits coming in in the future as well. So that program is in a good spot. You feel the same way uh, about football, uh, that it can uh, sustain some of the success, if not build upon that here in the, in the near term, uh, especially with how the, the schedule lays out at least for next season. And if you can build back to back solid years, then that goes a long way to building your program. And then a lot of the Olympic sports, you know, volleyball has been solid. I like what Katie Gerald's is doing in her first season with, with women's basketball. Soccer was great. I mean, yeah, you, you go down the list, and uh, Purdue seems to be in pretty good shape from an athletic department. And as exciting as a fan, too, and, you know, there's that old adage, how does Purdue capitalize on all that momentum? Because, I mean, you go down, keep going down the list. Soccer has a tremendous season here. You know, wrestling's a, what, a top 25 program right now as well. I, I know both these golf teams look like they're lined up to do some stuff. I, I know some of that's going a little bit far down the, uh, down the stream, so to speak, though, but people like winners. People like being associated with winners. So uh, is there anything Purdue can do as an athletic department to, to kind of keep that momentum going, or is it just about you know um, broadcasting that these, uh, uh, the, the Olympic sports are doing as well as they're doing to keep that fresh in the minds? I mean, what do you do? How do you build on that as an athletic department? Well, I think you got to get you got to keep good people and and you know keep them happy with where they are. And sometimes that means pay. Sometimes that means facilities. Sometimes that means uh, you know uh, just uh, good morale within your own office. I mean, all those things sort of add up. And it seems to me, and you know, I know a lot of the coaches at Purdue. I, I certainly don't know all of them. Um, that Purdue has some good coaches right now and has some good assistant coaches. And, you know, people seem relatively happy from a facilities point of view, though that is is always uh, a beast that needs to be fed, it seems like, because, you know, everybody else is doing it across the Big Ten and, and elsewhere. So, I mean, you just got to stay on top of things. I, I always say this, Jared, it's, it's, it's so difficult to get a program into the top 25, and it is so easy to have a program fall out of the top 25 and, and getting it back, um, man. I mean, you just look at the football program and until Purdue was ranked, what, the one week or two weeks or whatever it was this year, mm-hmm. it had been more than a decade since Purdue was ranked in the top 25. And it, 
you know, if, if Purdue could get back there again, you'd sort of feel uh, like it was established, and then maybe they would stay there for a whole season or two whole seasons, and you'd feel like, man, this is just the way things are supposed to be, sort of like we did during the Joe Tiller era. And then all of a sudden you lose it, and it can be a a very steep climb back. So, you know, for, for all the programs that are having success right now, you've got to uh, try to do your best to, to maintain that because once you lose it, it can be a little bit of an elusive thing. We're talking with Kyle Charters here on our Hammerhead Hotline. Since we're talking about football, let's talk about this uh, Music City Bowl. Of course, you and I will bring back Boiler Game Day here on Thursday starting at noon. We'll get you two hours of coverage, and then we'll get you a kickoff from the Music City Bowl at 3 o'clock. Very exciting stuff between Purdue and uh, Tennessee. So well, we've gone through a lot over the last week or so What with signing day, with the transfer portal. Now we know there's no David Bell, George Karloftis. So you know, kind of coming into this uh, game on Thursday, how are you feeling about this Boilermaker squad? Well, it's really hard to tell. I think that if we, you know, Jeff Brown keeps alluding to there being other players, and I think directly saying it, that there might be a handful of guys who are not playing who maybe we expected to play and alluding to one of those positions being at receiver beyond David Bell. And I, I don't want to speculate when I don't know anything, but man, it just seems like he's, he's sort of hinting towards something there. So Purdue's going to be down some guys. I would suspect that Tennessee will also be down some guys. So, you know, trying to figure out exactly, you know, where to put the line on this game might be a little bit challenging. Um, but I, I think, you know, Purdue will come out and, and, play well. I don't expect that we will see uh, a revisit of what happened um, that we all like to forget about down in the Music City Bowl a few years ago. Um, you know, whether that means Purdue wins by a little or, or, or loses by a little, I, I don't know the answer to that. I do think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a competitive game. I think it might be a game that comes down to whoever gets one or two more stops because I think you know, offensively, even if Purdue is down a couple of guys, both teams should be pretty good there. It's just always interesting in these matchups to try to figure out, you know, who, who has the edge because there are, there are so many more variables than just straight up a, a regular season game on a Saturday in October. We're talking with uh, Kyle Chargers here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Let's transition a little bit over to uh, men's basketball. Another. Uh, Wade against Incarnate Word. Uh, I know you, like everybody else, was very impressed with uh, Dr. Carson Cunningham's uh, uh, sweater, which uh, clearly got them uh, uh, under the spread, no problem. Uh, look, I, I don't. I said it myself on the show. I said I don't know what you expect out of that game. I mean, that's a like I, my dad used to say: get in, bag it, and get out. That's that's how we used to shop, and, and that's pretty much what I think Matt Painter wanted to do: get in there, get the win. Everybody stays healthy. Let's get out of here and, and let's get on to the. Uh, Let's get on to the holiday break. You know, very solid start to the season. you got to deal with the Euro step, Rutgers half-court shot, uh, all those guys playing <laughs> out of their minds for everything. But uh, you know, outside of that, I think you got to be pretty darn pleased where you're at with Purdue basketball if you're a Purdue fan. Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to argue with that right now, I think. I mean, Purdue's uh, setting in a, in a good spot. Did have a couple of games uh, with a hiccup, and it was able to survive one of them. It did not survive the other one, hopefully. You know, if you're Purdue, you've learned your lesson a little bit and that you cannot let lesser opponents, no matter how much lesser they are, I don't think Rutgers will be very good this year. I don't know a lot about the ACC outside of Duke. I don't think anybody is They're bad. Is all that good. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that NC State is, is all that great, even within the bad that is the ACC. So I, I think, you know, hopefully Purdue learned a lesson. 
uh, increment word. I, I think that Matt Painter probably called off the dogs to use some different lineups that we hadn't seen. I don't think Jaden Ivey played past the 12-minute mark of the second half. And, of course, neither of the bigs played the last seven or eight minutes, I don't believe. Um, and, you know, trying to take it easy a little bit on, on Carson Cunningham and his uh, building program. Um, but, yeah, Purdue's playing well. Uh, I, I think it's a matter of continuing to uh, implore the Boilermakers to, to get better on the defensive end in games which it doesn't have to be good on the defensive end to win. It did not have to be good on the defensive end to uh, to beat uh, UIW, um, but it was. And it just needs to realize that it's going to have to be good on the defensive end one of these days, uh, probably against Illinois, who looks really good, maybe against Michigan, certainly against Ohio State. I mean, there are a lot of roadblocks in the Big Ten that Purdue's going to have to play good basketball to get a victory. Who is the one team in the Big Ten that you know, scares you as a Purdue fan right now? I mean, you, you mentioned Michigan. I know they got a lot of talent. Haven't really seen to put it together just yet. I think they will at one point. You just hope it's uh, not until February. You mentioned Illinois is looking pretty good right now, too. And Ohio State's been a little up and down with the inconsistency. Uh, who is it that scares you the most uh, as a Purdue fan? Well, I have seen Illinois the most, and I think the Illini are pretty good. And that's without Andre Corbello playing. And the assumption is that he will be back at some point. Um, we just don't know when. Brian Underwood has been pretty tight-lipped about uh, the seriousness of the issue, but it does seem serious. It, it seems like he's got some lingering effects from a, a concussion now that was uh, probably almost six weeks ago. Um, but, it, but even without him, Illinois is playing really good. They're big up front. They're physical, and they can shoot the basketball. And I just think going to Illinois, uh, if there was a game to me that I'm I'm looking at on the on the schedule and saying, man, this one is going to be really difficult to win, it's that game at Illinois. Now I like Ohio State too. Ohio State doesn't shoot the ball quite as well, but that matchup with EJ Liddell versus whoever guards him. Uh, is going to be a, a challenging matchup that Purdue's going to have to try to get in its favor. Um, you know, by, by maybe drawing him inside a little bit, it's going to be hard to, to guard him on the perimeter. And I think Michigan State's good defensively. To me, there, there, are, there are tiers. There's Purdue in the first tier uh, alone. And not very far behind Purdue, I think, is that second tier that includes Illinois, Ohio State, and, uh, and Michigan State. And then I think there's a, a fairly significant drop-off, at least right now after those top four teams. It's definitely going to be an interesting uh, winner as we uh, go through there and, and see what this team's able to do. I'm still trying to figure out what the heck we're going to argue about in football without uh, the possibility of a, a quarterback battle going into spring and going into uh, fall camp. That's going to be – how long has it been since we've had a <laughs> like a, a, a starter, a known starter for next year in December? It's been a minute. Well, Elijah Sindelar went into the one-year um, – you know, he got hurt then, so I think we tend to forget that a little bit. In fact, I did uh, forget that on Twitter a couple of days ago, and somebody corrected me. So there was the that year, whatever, 2018, whatever year that was, uh, maybe 19. Um, and then there's a David Blau season. I always get confused about which year that is. I think it's 2016. I have to look it up every time, and I'm wrong every time, and then I have to correct myself. Uh, and that's pretty much it over the last – 
last decade, 12 years or so, as far as going into an off season with, with a starter and then having that starter, you know, actually start. There have been a couple of seasons there where we had a presumed starter, but he got hurt. Um, and then Purdue had to go to the backup uh, in game one, Rod Henry being one of those times. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's beneficial, certainly beneficial to Purdue to have not only a guy who has started a bunch of games now and, you know, has some experience, but, but it's, but it's done so and it's been really good. I mean, I think that Aiden O'Connell has shown that he can play quarterback at a, at a high level and, make the guys around him better than they even are, and I think that bodes well for Purdue's chances in 2022. Do these guys not understand you got articles to write? Like, you got to have these stories, and if you take one away, it's harder for you. Uh, what was Yes, uh, it'll, it'll, I, I like stories that write themselves. Yeah. Um, so that's always... Now you got to dig deep, man. So you gotta do, yeah, you got to do a little work on this one this year. Sorry, buddy. There you go. Uh, hey, you know what? Hey, it is Festivus and everything, too. If you had one grievance throughout the uh, Purdue athletic year, whether it be a game or something like that, what, what oh would your one grievance be? What, what would be the one thing, even if it's just college athletics in general, um, there's got to be like a certain way, a call or something like that that sticks out to you as a grievance for the year? <laughs> no, I just want Purdue to win a football game when it's raining. Can we can we just can Purdue just win a game? I mean, we're we're sitting here in in north, you know, northwest ish Indiana, um, where it's going to be cold and and rainy and potentially snowy. Uh, I, I fashion Purdue as a as sort of a, a hard nosed workman like type of school and and uh, athletic department. I want to see I want to see Purdue win an uh, inclement weather football game. That's my that's my grievance. Here you go. Well, let's and, just. Uh, Go ahead. Had they done that against Minnesota, maybe uh, maybe Purdue's playing in uh, even a different bowl game. I'm not sure that that's that that's the case because you know if Purdue beats Minnesota, maybe it doesn't go on to beat Iowa and, and Michigan State. You never know that for sure. But certainly, if if everything else is the same and Purdue beats Minnesota uh, in the rain, then man, the season uh, the season that was really good turns out to be even a little bit better than that. Well, we'll, I'll tell you what, we've got to get them into Ross Aid. We'll, we'll turn all the sprinklers on. We'll get a couple additional ones for the sideline, and then they can practice in that, and then maybe uh, maybe they can help you out there for uh, 2022. There you go. Kyle Charters, again, uh, he will be on with us here. It's uh, Boiler Game Day. It'll be on uh, Thursday, noon. We start with that, all right? So we go noon to 2. You'll network coverage from uh, 2 to 3, and then at 3 o'clock you'll hear uh, this year's Music City Bowl between Purdue and Tennessee right here on 1017 The Hammer. Of course, Kyle also writes for our uh, friends over at Saturday Tradition. Uh, you hear Dustin Shooty on the program every now and then, too, so uh, he's a part of that uh, conglomerate uh, over there and does, uh, well, it's the holidays, I'll be nice, does an adequate job of uh, covering Purdue and writing <laughs> some other stuff over there. Thank you. Kyle, it's always a uh, pleasure. I know we joke and everything. People think we hate each other and, uh, you know, like a little bit, but to be honest with you, it's always a pleasure talking with you and, and having you doing the shows and everything, buddy. Holidays or not, always love having you on the program. Thank you. I don't know what you're talking about. The hate from my end is real. <laughs> <laughs> well, get out of here then, buddy. Forget <laughs> you. Uh, Kyle Charger, everybody. Go. Take it easy, buddy. I'll see you on Thursday. All right, see you, Jared. All right, bye, bud. All right, we're going to take a break at church. Uh, we'll come back and we'll bring you more Hammer Down show right after this on 1017 The Hammer, 1017.